Well, good evening, Lakeway. It's good to be with you tonight uh, online, and I hope you all are doing well. I hope you're safe at home and that you are trusting the Lord and you are being encouraged in the days to come for our victorious God to bring us through this, and He's faithful. We can always trust Him. Remember all of those in prayer as we continually pray for them every week and remember so many in our Wednesday night service. You know the need of so many in our church. So continue to pray for one another. And I invite you this evening to turn to the book of Ruth in chapter 2. And we are going to begin in verse 21. Ruth 2, 21. If you'd like a title for the message tonight, it's Heavenly Headquarters, verse 21. And Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. As I give the title for the message being Heavenly Headquarters, you might have thought, well, heaven is our headquarters and that is true. Our conversation is in heaven. The Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance, our down payment on heaven, if you will, our assurance of heaven. So heaven is our headquarters. But as we speak of a headquarters on earth, we'll call the will of God our headquarters. And as we consider this field of grace... A man named Boaz. And he took an interest in her. And he made provision for Ruth. Providing her with seven times what she could have gathered on her own. Providing for her and supplying her with everything that she needs. And she goes to leave the field to go back to her mother-in-law, Naomi, with supper. But she not only goes with provision, she leaves with instruction. And what's happening in all of this provision that Boaz is providing and all of this instruction and all of the care that he is showing to her, what's happening is he is falling in love with her 
And he is wanting to make a closer connection with her. So she leaves with some promising instruction. It kind of makes me think of when I met my wife. Well, I met her, but I didn't. She walked by and I grabbed her arm and she turned around and I choked. I didn't say a word, but I was attempting to make that connection. And Boaz was making sure that there was not only provision, but a connection that was being made with her. She left with her need met and her need was supper for her and her mother-in-law, Naomi. But she is invited. She is invited to have her need met Throughout the entire harvest. And and actually what we will see is that it is for the rest of her life that her need is promised to be provided. She receives an invitation to be cared for. She receives an invitation to be blessed. And this is a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ reaching out to us. And we also have a picture in Ruth as to how we should respond to the Lord reaching out to you and I. You see, God has a big, big field of grace and he wants us to abide in it. And that word abide means to stay, to stay by closely. So in our fo- if our focus is on him and our feet are behind him, our needs will be met. And what is it we can say so many times about God? He has met our need and then some. So look with me at this personal invite that we see in the beginning of verse 21 as Ruth is speaking to Naomi about her interaction with Boaz. And it says right here in verse 21, He said unto me. Think about the owner of this field, Boaz, and think about all the responsibility that he has with his field, his time of planting, and now his time of harvest. This is a busy time for Boaz. Think of all of his servants that he's responsible for, the maidens, the gleaners, and all that he has going on. And he is directly and individually interested in Ruth. He does not want Ruth to be an acquaintance. He wants to know her completely. He is concerned with every detail about her. And he is desirous of investing in her well-being. She is of the highest importance To Boaz, he has noticed her. This personal invite goes out and we see here how direct it is. And what we can also see is how this is a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he is a personal savior. 
Jesus Christ is a pursuing Savior with a loving invitation, inviting all to a close relationship with Him. Not just that we might come into a relationship with Him, but that we would continually walk with Him in His field of grace, clinging to Him very closely. Jesus says in John 15, I am the vine and ye are the branches. The branches are nothing without the vine. Everything that the branches are, everything that the branches become, it comes from the vine. And it also says there, ye can do nothing without me. So there's a personal invite, and it's a very direct invite from Boaz to Ruth and also from the Lord Jesus Christ to us that we might walk closely with him in his field of grace and he will meet our need. But in this personal invite, let us not only see that it's direct, let us see a destination. Go on back with me to verse 8 and you will see the words abide here. And that is Boaz speaking of his field. And his instruction for Ruth is that she would abide in his field. You see, Ruth's invitation came with instruction and it led her to know exactly what was expected of her. There's no question what the expectations of Boaz was for her. He informed her and the Lord Jesus gives you and I the same clarity. He says, abide in me and he says, bear fruit. And he says, ye can do nothing without me. Abide in me very closely. There is a destination for this invite. And it is into the field of grace that we might walk with God. That we might be sheep in his sheepfold as he is our great shepherd. Jesus has not designed the plan for our life to be an occasional gleaning in his field, if you will. Some people do that. Some people have a pattern of coming to Jesus only when there's a time of need. And look, I'm glad people come to Jesus in a time of need, but Jesus wants us to stay there. He wants us to abide closely with Him. Not only when there's a great need, but all the time. God's plan is designed that we walk with Him and that we talk with Him every day. You might consider Enoch, how he walked with God and he was translated to heaven and did not see death. You might think of Noah in these instructions, how Noah walked with God and Noah talked with God. And God taught Noah and talked to Noah 
Noah about building this giant contraption that he had never seen before for a flood that he had never seen before. But he walked with God. He talked with God. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he was a preacher of righteousness. And here, Ruth is being instructed. And we can see in a picture that it is ultimately the same thing. That she would abide with the Lord and that she would walk with him. Oh, that we might hunger and that we might thirst for the Lord when he wakes us up every morning. The psalmist says, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land to see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. See, the invitation from Jesus is not only to be saved, but to live saved, to live in his will. He wants to provide for us. He wants to take care of us. And that happens in a certain place. The destination for being able to live for the glory of God is in the will of God. And one more thing that we might consider during this personal invitation is not only its destination, but its duration. Ruth is invited by Boaz to glean. And it says at the end of verse 21, until they have ended all my harvest. Ruth was promised the blessing of the field until harvest ended. She was invited to enjoy all the gleaning that she wanted to do until harvest was over. And the promise for our supply of need, look, it is not short term. The blessings of God are for the duration of our lives upon this earth until we get to heaven where we shall receive our reward. Needs are met. They are always met in the field of God's grace. We are promised to never lack. By the one who promises to never leave us. Hebrews 13, 5. We're invited to continue on with the one who will never cast us out. John chapter 6 and verse 37. This is a personal invite we see here. But it's not only a personal invite. We see a place of interest in verse 22. Concerning heavenly headquarters. And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. We see a place of interest being this field of grace. And the first thing we see about this field is that it's best. Naomi says to Ruth that it is good. We know that in the field of the Lord, in the will of God, that is the best place that you and I can be. It is a fertile field. 
It's a proven field. It's a productive field. And it is a promising field to you and I. Nothing can replace living in the grace of God in his field. His field surpasses all other fields. The grass is never greener on the other side of the fence when you are in the field of grace with God. It's a pure field. It's a sincere field. In this field, we become more like the one that our faith is in. You see the importance, this place of interest in the will of God. It's a pure place and it's a sincere place. There are other fields and they are deceptive. They advertise delight, but they do it by way of deception. And it ends in destruction and it ends in death. If you don't believe me, just ask Elimelech looking into the first five verses of this book. But the Lord's field is the best field. Once we experience what the Lord's field produces, once we taste and we see that the Lord is good, we know that there is no better place to go. We would be foolish to go anywhere else after experiencing what the Lord Jesus Christ offers to you and I. This place of interest, it's the best. There's no place better. But we not only see that it's the best, but let us consider that this place of interest has blessedness for you and I. Think about how Ruth went searching for food. However, she found so much more than food. She found acceptance. She found assurance. And she found amazement at the goodness and the kindness and the hope that she was filled with while she was in this field. You see, the owner of the field wanted her to know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that there is no better place that she could be. There are no greater blessings that one can have than in this place of interest, the field of grace. There is no other place as reliable. If we stay in the field of grace through times of poverty, as well as times of prosperity, we will find ourselves sustained in the field of grace. No matter how things look, no matter how our natural way of thinking wants to take us this way or take us that way or make us want to look off into another field, we might be tempted to look out into another field, but we need to stop. And just look to Jesus and realize who Jesus is when we are full or when we are in time of famine. Whether there be poverty or whether there be plenty, let us look to Jesus. Elimelech looked away in a time of famine. It was rough times in the land of the Lord and he looked away and he went away and guess what? Things got worse for Elimelech. Let us be still and know that God is God. 
Let us be still in the place where we are and realize that Jesus is enough. Jesus is all we need. Do you believe that tonight? Do you really believe that Jesus is all we need? I know you hear it, and I'm not the first one to say it. But do you really know that within? Is that personal to you that Jesus is all you need? Because if Jesus is all you need and you believe it, then what's going to happen is Jesus is all you have. You need not go anywhere else if Jesus is all you need and you know it because Jesus will be all you have. And if Jesus is truly all you have, then there's nothing else except for Jesus. Oh, let us not be taken away from the simplicity that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is enough. And it's a time that you and I might reflect tonight on do we really know personally if Jesus is all we need? If so, he's all we have. If so, there is nothing else but Jesus. I know that Paul believed that. And I could go to many things that Paul said in the Bible. But where Paul said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That tells you right there that there was nothing else but Jesus Christ for Paul. And the same Jesus that took care of Paul is our same Jesus today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let us hold in this place of interest where it is the best, there is blessedness, but can we also consider and think about the brothers and sisters as we have been through the first two chapters almost of this book? Because as Ruth gleaned in the field... She got more than grain. She came into very blessed relationships with others. With the men of the field. With the maidens of the field. She came into a close and closer relationship with the master of the field. She went to do some grain reaping. And she came into some glorious relationships with God's people. That's a very special subject for me as I spent 30 years in this world and in all kinds of different relationships, dead in my sins, among those who were dead in their sins. And then to come to Christ, it was enough just to come to Christ if he saved my soul and never gave me anything else. But he gave me a new crowd. He gave me a new group of people. He gave me a new family in the people of God. And there is no one else. There is no other group. There is no other institution on the face of this earth that provides a gathering of people like God's children, that we might gather together and have fellowship and delight in one another. And I mean that the people of God are a delight. 
among the differences of the people of God, as I compare that to the differences I had when I was dead in my sins, among those that were who were dead in their sins, I was not willing to work things out with anyone. But hey, the people of God can't get away with one, from one another. We're going to be together together. Forever. And that leads us to get over our difficulties with one another. And all in all, the people of God are a delight. As I look out on this empty sanctuary tonight, I, I miss you, people of God. I miss you, Lakeway. What a blessing the brothers and sisters in Christ are in this place of interest. Let us remember, we're talking about this field of grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where the blessed fellowship takes place. We have brothers and sisters in Christ. Ruth not only came into some grain, but she came into some godly relationships one with another. There's not just brothers and sisters in Christ, though. There is our master, the Lord Jesus Christ. What a precious Lord and Savior, He is. We are going to be with Him forever in a close, permanent relationship. How sweet is that? Just to have a relationship with Him. But it just gets that much sweeter as God gives us relationships as God gives us spiritual dads, if you will, and spiritual moms and brothers and sisters in the Lord. That just makes this place of interest that much sweeter, that we spend it with the people of God. Look with me in verse 23, and we're going to look at the practice of the inhabitants. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz, to glean unto the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. I'm here to tell you tonight again, as I've said before, that Ruth is such a refreshing, great example for you and I. Ruth took on a faithful work. She was there for every day of gleaning in the field when it took place. She was there diligently and relentlessly until harvest. She was faithful. You know, it's not above and beyond for us to be faithful. It's required in stewards that we be found faithful. That's what the Lord commands. That's what He expects. And we can do this. Ruth was faithful to the work. And you and I can be faithful to the work also until the end of harvest. Until the Lord takes us home. We see a great example in Ruth in a faithful work. And we see a great example in Ruth in a finished work. Ruth was relentless until the work was finished. She was faithful. She was looking ahead. She was focused on the task at hand. And she didn't let anything cause her to wander one way or another. 
She stayed faithful to the work until the work was finished. Kind of reminds me of Brother James Bagley, who was my brother in Christ and in recent days has gone to be with the Lord and talking to grandkids today. As they looked at his life, they consider from the time they were born to now maybe in their late 20s and how how faithful he was and how he finished the work. He finished the work of God. Faithful unto death, the Bible says. May we all join together and cross that finish line strong. May we finish strong. I want to bust the tape with you at the finish line. That we would be faithful to the work until it is a finished work. And that takes a focused work. And Ruth is our example of that. Ruth accepted the invitation. She submitted to the instruction that was given to her. And she didn't turn to the left. And she didn't turn to the right. Her life stayed clean as she focused on the task at hand. As she focused on her Messiah. You know, she went through a lonely time. She went through a rough time. And don't you know, she caught more eyes than the eyes of Boaz that she caught. But she stayed faithful to the task. She stayed focused in difficult days. And she was pure and she was pleasing to the Lord. That's encouraging to you and I. That we can actually be wretched sinners who God has saved and washed us by His blood and He has made us His saints and He has set us apart so that we might be pleasing to Him. I'm overwhelmed in the book of Zechariah, Zephaniah 3.17, I believe it is, that comes to my mind at the moment, where the Lord breaks forth in singing over our lives. The fact that what He has called us to, we can be in the field of God and we can be faithful to God and we can finish that work focused on Him. He is the vine. We are the branches. He is our supply. We can do nothing without Him, but with Him, because of Him, all things are possible. And we can live our lives Pleasing to the Lord in our heavenly headquarters. Heavenly headquarters being God's will while we are on this earth. May we follow the example of Ruth. And may we glean until the Lord takes us home to glory. Let us pray. Father, tonight we come to you and I thank you that there is a means whereby we are all gathered together the best that we can. I thank you for your word that it will not return void. I thank you for your promises that they can never be broken. I thank you for who you are and in all your character the fact that you are holy, that you are love, that you 
do not change. You are the Lord and you change not. And we can hold on to you in difficult days. And that peace we came into with you when we were saved. We can walk in that peace. The peace of you which passeth all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for the example of Ruth. I thank you for the picture of you through Boaz that we can see how personal you are as a savior in our lives. You know our every need today, this day, tonight, and in the days to come. Lord, we look forward to what you are going to do. And to know that we always have the promises of you. We thank you for this. We thank you for loving us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lord, we love you tonight. We love you because you first loved us. Oh, may we meditate on you throughout this week until we gather together any way we can on Sunday. And may you bless your people. May you bless this church. And we ask all of these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.